What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. All right, great to have you back with us. The Giants have won five in a row. Bruce Jenkins, break up the Giants. They're going all the way, Marty. It's a long way back, but they're going to pull it off. <laughs> hey, come on. I said they could run the table, you know, with Arizona and Colorado. Why not? And then you know, I guess the San Diego series actually becomes interesting because San Diego's not going to run away with anybody. Well, yeah. I mean, they close it out with three in San Diego. There's, you know, Milwaukee's still within striking distance, and the, the Padres are trying to fend them off. It's a two-game difference right now, and the Phillies are in there, too. They're, they're not in the wild card by any, any means, but um, that San Diego series is going to be great. I mean, you know, Soto's starting to hit now, and Hayter's pitching like he should, and uh, the, the, the Padres are looking a lot more familiar. Uh, so that's going, to be, that's going to be fun, because the Giants are hanging loose right now, and they're playing well. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as I said, five games in uh, Colorado looked like they were mailing it in, so to speak. Not much offense at all. Then last night it was a good game. And, uh, you know, some interesting things last night, Bruce. One, David Villar, I'm sort of getting in his corner. And he had a laser shot out of here last night. And here comes Shelby Miller, seven strikeouts out of eight, eight outs last night. How about those two things? Yeah, they were talking about VR having so much trouble with a curveball, but the guy threw one too many, and he just yanked it out of there. He's he's a good-looking hitter. He definitely figures in next year. You know, he he had a big season in AAA, so there's really not much doubt that he can hit. It's just a matter of you know where they're going to play him. That's going to be a lot of things are going to be decided, and you just have no idea. But he's going to figure for sure. But Shelby Miller, I mean, this guy <clears throat> broke in with the Cardinals like ten years ago. He's thirty-one. <laughs> The Yankees released him in May. The Giants got him one of those typical farhand moves, and he strikes out seven and two and two thirds. And and you know he's who who knows if he figures in next year, but he certainly is there right now. Yeah, fifty-eight pitches, I think, or forty-eight pitches, thirty-eight strikes. I mean, something ridiculous uh, for him, and he, and he got swinging strikes as well. He had one of those injuries. I don't know if you remember. Remember, he scraped his knuckles on the mound uh, throwing a pitch, oh. and that. Remember when yeah. he went to Arizona for Dansby Swanson? He could he never could uh, pitch because he got hurt all the time. Yeah, well, he's he's uh, give him credit for perseverance. You know, he's been through a lot. He's been all over the place, and you know, all of a sudden he shows up at thirty-one, and he's got what you imagine is all his old stuff. He looks great out there. Rodon, not great last night, and they got him out of there. And uh, I asked Kapler before the game, you know, is he, how far is he going to go? And he said. Load management, or something like—I don't know what that meant, but that's—that's that's what he said. Uh, we're managing his innings, or something. But uh, you know, I sort of—they're babying him along. Uh, he's still leading the league in strikeouts going into today, but not a great game for him last night. Well, no, but Kapler managed it wrong, just flat out. He's up five to two in the fifth, uh, uh, second and third, one out. He's got ninety-three pitches. And, you know, he's one out away from getting the win. <clears throat> now, probably was going to be his last inning, and he, he didn't have his good stuff. He gave up a home run and a high fastball, this and that. Yeah. But, you know, you like to leave the park with something. And if you leave him out there for one more out, he's got the win. I was cheering when the Rockies <laughs> came back against the reliever and tied it because that was so wrong, just completely heartless. 
Yeah, it's what they do. 64 different players. How about that? Uh, that's about uh, 900 too many. Uh, yeah, they, that's 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 the way they've been for two years now, and it's, it, it really has to stop. <clears throat> Farhan knows that. It's a terrible figure. There's nothing good about it, except if you're one of the guys who, if you're on another team, you wouldn't have a shot in getting to the big leagues. Only here can you do that. But, yeah, that you know, he, and Farhan's talked about getting regular guys, guys who play every day, uh, get, make the lineup a lot more recognizable with some platooning, but and they're, they're going to do that. So it's been a bit of a novelty. Uh, last year was all good, and this year it's a little bit discouraging. Yeah, but, you know, I'll tell you one thing. And uh, being around them pregame, they, they prepare, Bruce. They've got meetings. They're, they're acting like it's, you know, the seventh game of a World Series. They, they, they do not let up with the matchups and all that. That is their M.O., and that's not going to change. Well, that's great. I mean, you're seeing it right now. They've, like you say, they've won five in a row. They've won their last seven on the road. You know, finishing strong is there's a lot to be said for that. Yep. You know, Crawford uh, jacks the ball out, makes one of his really one of his best plays I've ever seen him make. He's he's coming to the wire looking good. It's, it's really important for guys who are who's trying to make an impression, and it's it's team wide. So that's um, you know sometimes they play the numbers a little too strictly, but the bottom line is you're right. Um, they're they're a tough out right now, and they're going right to the wire, which is great. Boy, Aaron Judge is uh, 0 for 3 today, and I think he had a strikeout and a walk, and the Yankees won that game, I think, 7 to 5 over Boston. But he's on 60, and uh, unfortunately, it was Apple TV last night. How about the controversy around that? But he's still sitting on 60, what a, and he's done it. He, he got to the babe. How about that? Well, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's just epic, you know, in itself. If he were to, if he were to not get it, it's still one of the great seasons ever. <clears throat> you know, 60 is, is magical. And Roger Maris would still have him, rest his soul, he'd still have the American League record. But <coughs> I think, I think um, Judge is going to do it. Yeah, no, I think he will. It's just a matter of when. Uh, but it's still a, a good story. And, you know, we're so tied into the round numbers because we get to Pujols. What if he ended the season with 699? I mean, uh, you'd almost feel sorry for him, like maybe there was a problem with his career. Getting to 700 yeah. last night in L.A. was so dramatic and good for him. Now at least he can he can walk away if he wants to, and he's got 700 home runs. No one will ever say, hey, you only had 699. Yeah. Well, he just hurried his way to 700, didn't he? I mean, Amazing. Just, yeah, there's several games left. He gets two last night. He, you just can't get him out. I mean, it's. It's so much more than, gee, the old guy, you know, it's sort of like watching Miguel Cabrera. Who's, he's, he's not what he was, but he does some things, and the numbers pile up. But Pujols, you'd think it's 15 years ago. He's just crushing the ball, and it's a beautiful vibe around the team. They really haven't been playing that well overall, but <clears throat> what he's doing has just lifted everybody up. Yeah, down in L.A. as well. L.A. made a, a move, though, Bruce. We've talked about it. Uh, Kimbrell is not going to be closing for them. And, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out how closer by committee, the dreaded phrase, closer by committee, maybe what the Dodgers are going to do here. Yeah, well, he gave up the uh, tie-breaking homer to, to Christian Walker, and that, that was sort of the last straw. <clears throat> he hasn't been good. And they, Dave Roberts finally said it outright, you know, and I think that's what they have to do. I don't know who they're going to go with, but you know, if you get into the, uh, the playoffs against guys like Helmsley and Diaz and, and uh, Kenley Jansen, you know, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I like Phillips. I like uh, Evan Phillips, good arm. I like him. I, I think I would trust him more than Gatterall or someone like that, I think. 
Yeah, I, I don't think Bickford is the answer. <clears throat> the Giants had him for a while. He was the number one pick, actually. I, I don't think they trust him at all. It's going to – they'll they'll probably go into the playoffs with one guy they have in mind, and <clears throat> but they've got two or three others if that flames out. And it'll be, it'll be by committee, but that's an awfully risky way to go when really you're not sure about any of them. Yeah, yeah, for the Dodgers, that is something they're going to have to deal with. Well, the Phillies are losing today 4 nothing to Atlanta. And uh, I guess the key, why I'm, a couple of reasons I'm bringing it up. One, Spencer Strider, our guy, he went on the IL with an oblique strain. How about that? How about yeah, that's, that? For them? That's rough. You know, an oblique, is uh, that can keep you out for quite a while. This guy's been the ace of their staff, really. And uh, so he's on the oblique. They're two and a half out. Acuna's got back problems. Um, Olsen, uh, entering last night, it was like eight, to, eight for 79. Wow. <laughs> with four, that, that's a that's a slump. I mean, uh, they're having their they're having their problems. And meanwhile, the Mets they've got a two and a half game lead. They go into Oakland today. They get three in the first for Degrom, and he gives up four in the bottom half. Wow! So who can figure any of this? Now, someone tweeted, "It's a good thing the Mets aren't going to play the A's in the World Series." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing the guy who was with the A's, Chris Bassett, is pitching out of his mind once again. Last night, if, if he's your number three guy, Degrom is, and Scherzer are right, that's murder. Yeah, good baseball stories. The Strider story was really good. Two hundred, Bruce. The guy struck out two hundred and gave up less than a hundred hits. That doesn't happen. So he's a good story, and uh, I don't know what it does to Rookie of the Year, Michael Harris or Strider now that he's injured. But uh, they're going to miss him if, if he's out for the playoffs. They'll definitely miss him. Well, no doubt. I mean, you watch the guy, you wonder how anybody gets a hit. He's got a, just a tremendous slider, you know, one of the best. So many guys snap those things off now, but then he'll buzz you with the fastball, and he's just got a look about him that uh, you're really not going to touch me out here. <clears throat> Mount presence is very important, and he's, he's definitely got that. Um, it's, it's really a shame. I, I, I hope he comes back, you know, before the, the playoffs start, and they can get him in there right away because he's fun to watch, and I, I think the Braves in general are fun to watch. Um, the other one is Kyle Wright today, Bruce, and uh, we talked about it last week. He goes for his 20th today, and he has, I'm looking at the scoreboard, 4 nothing in the fourth inning. How about that? Yeah, I, I, you know, 20-game winners, There's uh, it's lost so much of its uh, of its appeal, of its magic and all that, and it's very hard to, to get a win. <clears throat> last night with Rodon, it's a perfect example. The guy deserved to at least get a win out of that. Got taken away from him way too early. But um, and that's just but that's like you say that's that's the way of baseball right now. The the win doesn't mean anything to the analytics people and a lot of the managers. So to get to get twenty is a hell of a thing, and I, I hope he gets it. Yeah, yeah, he's on his way today. Four nothing in the fourth inning. Continuing with a little bit of talking about pitching, everyone's got theories, and of course, with all the numbers and analytics, you come up with things and you can justify it. The latest one was to go back to a four man rotation but only have the starter pitch five innings. And this way you could give him 40 starts and maybe get him to 200 innings. How about that? Well, you know what Mike Kruko always says about guys who are, who are give you five innings and they're out of there. They're called five and fly. If you're a five <laughs> and fly guy, you can't look your teammates in the eye. Back then you really couldn't because the other guys are going seven, eight, and nine. And if you're, if you're out of there after five and you're all good, you know, forget about, forget about that guy. He's got no character. Now it's kind of a it's kind of a common thing. Um, I always wondered if maybe they would go back to a four man rotation at some time, at some point. <clears throat> you know, across the big leagues, um, 
just because I mean, just you just think about the whole history of the game with the four man was was perfect. I mean, I know there's pitchers are asked to do a lot more to get you know they got five pitches and there's a different torque on each one of them and it really puts a heck of a strain on your arm if you're not mostly throwing fastballs and, and curves. And that puts that definitely takes a toll on you. But to think that all those years, three days rest was enough. Uh, so I like the idea, but to have to have guys only pitch five as a matter of course, that, that's that's absurd. I mean, what you don't you, you rule out the possibility of a complete game that saves your bullpen? That's stupid. Well, here we go. I mean, uh, you know, as I said, the, these analytics can be twisted around, and that, that was the latest thing I saw this week. But on the good stories of baseball, and again, the Pujols Judge stories are good. Bruce, I think baseball needed it. I, I think they needed this this down-the-stretch kind of runs that we're going to talk about in a second in the, with these wild cards, and even uh, the Met-Atlanta thing is still up in the air. But I think the Pujols-Judge thing was a good story for baseball. Oh, it absolutely was. I, I don't think uh, the game needed it. I didn't think the game needed McGuire and Sosa. If you love baseball, you love it all season long for one reason or another, and you're attached to it because it's part of your blood. You know, uh, there's uh, there's never been a time where I thought baseball was like, you know, really dying in front of us, whether you're a kid or 70 years old or whatever. Um, but I've never thought, that, you know, that it really needed the McGuire and so on. So I don't think it needed it needed Pujols or Judge because it's going to be the, the postseason is going to be great. <clears throat> Nobody's going to remember too, too much about the details of the regular season, but of course it spices it up in a in a wonderful way. I mean, there's nothing like following somebody. Day to day, whatever he's doing, and you know, next year it might be something different. But that's how I feel about it. Yeah, now that's the beauty of baseball. It's that soap opera that we can. Uh, you can't yeah. wait. I can't wait for tonight, just to see what what Alex Cobb can do tonight, and Merrill Kelly, who's really given the Giants Bruce. He's twenty eight innings against the Giants, four runs given up, she- but the last eighteen innings he's given up seven home runs. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, try to make a call on that one. This, this really? is the beauty of it. This is this is the great thing about trying to predict it. You know, trying to say, well, a team's got an easy schedule and they lose to all the pushovers and and you know the, the downtrodden teams score big upsets and the crazy stuff happens and the stats are all akimbo and it's just it's just wonderful. That that's 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 one of the reasons we love it because you don't know what's going to happen and you just can't wait to see what happens next. No, you never want to be akimbo. No, I know. I had arms akimbo one time. Boy, that's uncomfortable. No, no. no, That's one thing you want to avoid if you're an athlete. You don't want to be akimbo, I'll tell you that. (laughs) How about Seattle? Uh, Luis Castillo, they signed him today. How about that? Five years, $110 something like that. That's a good indication for Rodon, I think. Yeah. Uh, And then also Julio Rodriguez, their phenom, uh, went on the injured list with with back spasms. And uh, here come the Mariners. You know, they're no lock. Uh, The Orioles are only a few losses behind with 11 to go. Well, the Mariners aren't coming anywhere. They're fading right now. I mean, uh, Julio uh, Rodriguez, he's on the I.L. with a bad back, and it was bothering him before. Um, Geez, I was just up there a couple weeks ago, and they were flying by, and and Suarez, Homer, and, and Rodriguez. Suarez has a broken finger. He's out till sometime this week. That's, they're missing 58 homers. They, they got a they got a, uh, a nice nice little outing from uh, Kalenic, Jared Kalenic, who was a big prospect of theirs. Who looked like he was just not going to cut it, but he had a huge night. Uh, they called him up from Tacoma the next day. He gets a couple big hits and they win. But without without Julio Rodriguez and, and Suarez, 
Uh, the, the Orioles are going to catch him. My man is Adley Rutschman. This mm. kid last night, he homers from the left side, then he doubles from the right side. He's a great young catcher. He's like a new, another Buster Posey in my mind. And the Orioles, just when you thought they were gone, they're three games out. And if, if the Mariners keep playing without their power threat, they could get caught by the Orioles very easily. Mm. Yeah, they don't hit a lot, the Mariners. Uh, they got good pitching, and uh, as Rick Riz will tell us later on, I imagine they'll talk about the defense. So they do those things well, but uh, they're hitting without Rodriguez and, and uh, Suarez. Suarez, who's out. Yeah, it, it's a problem for them. Boy, interesting uh, time of year, and so much goes on in baseball. I, lo- I love the stretch run down to the end. Look, you know, as crazy as it is, and I realize the Giants can't afford to lose maybe one or two more, but we've seen it in baseball. We've seen the Yankees win 19 out of 20. The Cardinals win 19 out of 20. The Yankees would close the season winning 12 in a row. I I like the fact that the Giants are are doing this now. I, I just think it's a positive thing. Well, as we say, it's it's great for for morale. Um, it's great for guys trying to make imp- late impressions. It, and just you know, finishing strong in, in anything, what, any walk of life, any business. You know, I mean, when you're heading into the next phase of the next season, is just it's just a great a great thing. It sustains confidence over a, a long period of time, and it, it's great. I mean, theoretically, they could win the rest of them. You know, they could. <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, could, why not? In Arizona yeah. and Colorado, why not? And yeah. then you get to San Diego. And, you know, I look, crazier things have happened in baseball. Not many, but, <laughs> but there have been but some. They have, crazy, yeah. <laughs> yes, but they have, believe yeah. me. Yep. Uh, well, baseball lost uh, Maury Wills this week, and I know you've seen him play. Uh, I saw him play only on, on TV, never saw him play in person, but. Uh, he revolutionized the game and a tremendous, tremendous baseball player. Tremendous. Oh, geez, he he really was. I I, uh, I was uh, watching him at the Coliseum in 1959 when really? he first came up. Yeah, he, he came up in '59, uh, and you know he he didn't make a huge impression. He was already close to 30 years old, and but he was going to be the team shortstop. Next thing you know, in, in, in 1960. He steals 50 bases, which in those days was it was a radical figure. It sounded like something from the 1920s. Mm. And you know, by two years later, he's dominating the league. I, I wrote a piece um, uh, that's on online right now, being print on Sunday. And it, but I, I watched this guy. I lived at Dodger Stadium. I watched I watched Wills, and every time the Giants came in with Mays and McCovey and Cepeda and Felipe Alou and Harvey Keene and. I'm just thinking, well, that tonight's the night they lose 11 to nothing. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's one nothing Dodgers in the seventh because Wills had a bunt single. He stole second, and Gilliam moved him over, and Tommy Davis singled him home. Wow. That was, that was every night. Tommy Davis drove in 153 runs with, with some power, but mostly just dr- drilling singles up the middle. And Will, Wills was just a, he was just a scientist, Marty. He, I, I, lo- I love the feet first slide because he had a way of popping up from that and if the throw went into center field, he was instantly at full speed. It was it was like the Trey Turner slide into home plate. It's so beautiful you can't you almost don't see it. Um, and he was he, imagine stealing 104 and getting caught only 13 times. I mean, it was just automatic, and everybody in the park knew he was going to go. Everybody knew he was going to make it, and he gets the MVP. <laughs> this is a crack up. The, the other guys in the MVP running were like Mays, Aaron, Frank Robinson, you know, Banks, Immusual. And Maury Wills gets the MVP, and he was. Yes, he deserved it. Yeah. You know, the thing I remember about him when he broke Cobb's record, 
uh, of, what, 96 stolen bases. I think he had 94 or something like that. And they told him that day, hey, you better do it now or else it's not going to count because it's not within 154 games. So he went out that night and, like, stole four bases to break Ty Cobb's record. How about that? Yeah, yeah, and after a while, he had a mental command over really the whole league in terms of base running. They, I mean, it got to the point, Marty, the famous incident in 1962 at Candlestick. That's the year he stole 104. It's, it's early August, a night game at Candlestick, and Alvin Dark actually had the groundskeepers pour like a sandy substance around first base, and when he watered down, it was like a swamp. Right, the swamp fox. Yeah, they actually they actually did this to slow down Maury Wills. I mean, that's, that's how drastic the measures were taken, and it, it actually did work. I mean, the Giants swept that series, and Wills was a little flustered, you know, temporarily. Uh, but they, the teams wound up in a playoff, which was just, and the Giants did win that and went on to, to the World Series. But that's how, that's how much of an effect Wills had where they tried to turn first base into, into the, you know, the, the Nile. <laughs> well, again, and that's no denial to saying that, I'll tell you that. But, uh, you know, in my mind, and I realize you got in the numbers and blah, 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 I think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. I, I think he changed the game. Like you say, there was Louis Aparicio, you know, could steal 56, and maybe Minnie Minoso could steal 30 or Mays 25. But this guy went out and, and did four or five times that and really changed the game, led to Lou Brock and all everyone, everyone else. Yeah, Ricky Henderson, Ron LaFleur, Willie Wilson, it's just Vince Coleman. That yeah. all started when Wills broke the yes. barrier. When he stole 104, that was like twice as much as anybody who ever led the league. Since 1920, twice wow. as much. So that's how radical it was. And then he, you know, he 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 uh, he, he came back. He, he in in 65, he stole 94. He's 32 years old. I mean, he's just uh, such an interesting player and a real textbook um, textbook kind of hitter. You know, he's level swing, low liners, ground balls, and a wonderful, wonderful bunter. Extremely good bunter. And he so, credited, uh, yeah, he a lot of credit went to Pete Reeser, Pistol Pete Reeser, uh, the old Dodger coach. Yeah. Uh, the guy who used to run into the walls. And yeah. he was going to be the next Mickey Mantle until he, uh, he never saw a wall he didn't like. And that's, uh, <laughs> that was the end of, but he was a good coach. And Maury Will, he made Maury Wills a switch hitter. And that's, uh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was Spokane. huge. That was in Spokane. Boy, good story. I'm going to look it up online. That's online now, Bruce. You there? Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's online now? Uh, oh, yeah, my, my piece is online. Yeah, I, I, I wrote about the Giants at the top, but I, I felt Good. compelled to uh, write about Will since I saw him, you know, just dozens and dozens of times in L.A. Good. Very good. I'm going to look that. That's, that's, that's terrific on the Chronicle Sports. All right, one last thing, Al Kaline, uh, 3,000 hits. And I know I remember there was a story with this one. And what a, what a great player, number six, Bill Lasky's favorite player. Oh, geez, yeah. He was a player when he came up. I mean, at 19, he was a starting right fielder for the for the Tigers. And at 20, he won the batting title at 340, and he was the youngest ever to do that. He was just it was one day younger than Ty Cobb way back in 1907. But but he was a guy they compared him to DiMaggio. He was just so perfect. Yogi Berra said he had the best throwing arm he'd ever seen, just bar none. And uh, you know, like I say, he hits 340 at the age of 20. And uh, you know, I was thinking he was from Baltimore, a Baltimore kid all the way, and I'm. How great would it have been if he could become part of that, the Orioles when they built that great team? Well, the problem was there were no Baltimore Orioles. They were the St. Louis Browns. Yeah. So, so he, that's, that, that he, he wound up with the Tigers, and that's, that's where he should have been. But uh, one great thing, of course, the 3,000 hits 
is amazing. That was going to be his last season no matter what, and he got in. He wound up at 3,007. Um, he had a he had a lot of injuries, Marty. He had like a, he he missed more than 500 games. He missed like three seasons, just wow. with fractured this and and chronic that. I mean, just collarbone, shoulder, knee. It was so bad, and and you know, people sort of got down on him in Detroit a little bit because he wasn't you know an Iron Man. And and when he when he gets to playing in Baltimore, his hometown with 2,999, there's only like 11,000 people there. And the Detroit people didn't bother to get a telecast back to Detroit, mm. for, so that that was that was a little bit sad. But but you know overall he's remembered. Uh, I'll tell you one thing he's remembered for in the, in the '68 World Series. The Tigers are going to play the Cardinals, and K-Line hadn't played a lot, of course, due to injuries. And he told the manager Mayo Smith he, that he shouldn't play in the World Series. These other guys are doing the job, and I'm not. But Mayo Smith wanted him in there so bad that he took Mickey Stanley. And I know you know this story very well. He took Mickey Stanley out of the outfield and put him at short. He put Jim Northrup in center and K-Line in right. And K-Line hit 379 with a couple homers, and they win the series. So beautiful stuff. Wow. You know, it's so funny. You're, you're giving stories that I'm saying it to myself just before you do it. I think yeah, we've, exactly. been, we've been doing this too long. I think <laughs> we're starting to think alike. Very good. Yeah, my cat, my cat just said, I've heard this story. What the hell? <laughs> really, I was just saying to myself, should I bring up the Mickey Stanley story? There and, you go. Uh, I love it. Very good. Well, great to talk to you. Enjoy the afternoon. We'll talk tomorrow morning. Thanks a lot, Marty. Talk then. All right. That is Bruce Jenkins. <laughs> that was a pleasure. All right. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, coming up next right here on the Sports Leader. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.